Welcome everybody to Pulp Revelators. Today we are going to be talking about Batman. We're going to discuss some of our favorite uh, episodes, issues, and story arcs that have come out through all time. And so I'm going to get us going right away with Dustin, who's going to be sharing with us his top five. Yeah, so first of all, Batman's favorite character, huge influence. You know, uh, I had childhood cancer. And um, as I was going through chemo treatment, the comic book shop down the street from the hospital donated a bunch of Batman comics. And so I've always been just like, that's my guy. And so uh, top five story arcs. Um, one has to be The Dark Knight. That's my favorite movie of all time. Like I can remember uh, where I was, like what day it was when I saw the movie, what row, like everything. And just being like this, I left that theater thinking there's never going to be a better movie (laughs) in the world. You know, the dark night is it. Um, so that's number one. Number two would be from the nineties Batman animated series. Uh, beware the gray ghost. That is like my favorite episode. Yeah. Because you have Adam West at, he's doing the voice for the gray ghost. And you see this different side of Batman where he's like, he's not just vengeance. He's not the knight. He's like in awe of his, you know, of the guy who the animated series like says, like this was the one who inspired him to don the cape and cow was the gray ghost. And so you just see like, you see Batman being all, but then you see like this kind of redemption story within the gray ghost that Batman gets to be a part of. He's not just stopping crime. He's, he's helping people become what he set out to do, which was to be the best. You know, it's kind of like the dark Knight movie. Like that was the thing right. you want. Uh, Batman does it because he wants people to step up, you know, um, third dark Knight returns, huge, I mean, that's, I think, the greatest Batman comic story ever. You know I mean? Like, I love, I don't know if it's like just the old grittiness. Like, I'm an old man Logan guy, too. But I just love old, gritty, don't care anymore kind of Batman. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow the plan. And it's going to be the best. It's kind of like in the first issue of King's Run. He opens up. Batman's on top of the airplane. He's asking Alfred, is this a good death? That's what Dark Knight Returns is. Batman's planned what a good death is, and he lays it out, you know? Yep. Taking down the Joker finally, punching Superman in the face, like, easy. Uh, fourth uh, is Snyder's, not the Court of Owls. Love the Court of Owls. But it's actually his Batman versus Joker stories, particularly uh, Death of a Family where he like takes off his face and he's like captured the whole bat family. But then Endgame, where he's like, you know, Snyder pictures Joker as this, like, how long has this guy been alive? Can he ever die? You know, he is the great, uh, criminal mastermind. And Snyder, I think just captures that Batman Joker story better than most anybody. Um, Finally, Long Halloween, 
And you're talking about a story where you really don't have, uh, I mean, the, the major villains, you know, like Joker, Two-Face, they're in there, but it really starts out as kind of this mafia story, you know, and you kind of see like, that's kind of how the Dark Knight started. Batman was trying to clean up the uh, organized crime in Gotham City, and then the Joker produces himself, and you kind of see this in The Long Halloween. So those are my top five Batman stories. I don't know that I have five because I've never been someone who uh, followed Batman. You're five. Uh, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, fine. That's fine. Um, I'll fill in your uh, last two. My though. Batman stuff's more <laughs> cinematic, um, but – when I was a teenager, there was one Batman run that came out in, in comic that it was only a three episode run or three issue run. And it was a Batman versus Predator run. <laughs> and I remember it just for some reason, I love sci-fi. So I think that's why it captured me. But um, the storyline really wasn't even that interesting, except for the fact that Batman was actually hunting the Predator, not the other way around. I thought that was really interesting. But the, the artwork, like there's just I like clean artwork. I don't like... Um, abstract stuff mm-hmm. and the artist on that on that run did such a good job of clean lines and it's just so detailed and you could see the the armor of both the predator and batman the fight scenes were really really well drawn and i really enjoyed that have you ever seen the fan film batman versus predator i think it's like uh there's this like company called like uh bat in the sun yeah. and so um predator comes out or i I get maybe I don't know if it's alien. Alien predator. Like, yeah. Oh no, there's predator right there. Shoots alien in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but, you you got to watch it. It's legit. I'll send it to the. You know, you hear a lot of different uh, opinions between the different types of movies we've had of Batman, and most of my friends are like, man, no one did it better than Keaton. Mm-hmm. And I I don't disagree with he did Batman the best. But I thought that Christian Bale nailed the Dark Knight mm. for, for what they were trying to capture there. And I thought that uh, as far as the movies go, the, the – the, yeah, way to go, Gary. Ding. <laughs> I hate when people don't silence their <laughs> stupid phones. Ding. There's something for Jeff to edit out. <laughs> I wish you had the, the Dark Knight – was it Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight Rises, right? Was that the three titles? Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I liked Dark Knight Rises because I thought we finally had a Bane character whose intelligence was showcased. Mm. Where before he'd always just been a dumb brute who was just full of steroids. But Bane was actually a very intelligent Which is how, how it is in Nightfall. Yeah. Like I, I remember reading Nightfall after – is it Bane, Bane comes in Batman and Robin? Mm-hmm. With George Clooney, right? And here you see this, like, monstrous guy who's on poison. Nightfall, it's like, no, Bane had this, like, plan of how he was going to disassemble Batman. Uh He's going to send all the villains. He's going to leave Batman just tired, exhausted, and then come. And finish him off. And finish him off. He was a genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, the anti-Batman. He was, like, you know, he's, what if Batman was a bad guy? Yeah. He had a plan for everyone. Yeah. Right. That that movie did have issues. You know, the, the... it, it didn't the, feel like the cat, Bane to the me. The Catwoman portion, that was just unnecessary, unneeded. It's just kind of silly. Um, but Wait, which part are we talking about? We're talking about uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, oh, oh. Or it rises, right? Right. Oh, rises. Rises. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Batman and Robin for a second. Yeah. I was really about to fire. <laughs> no, when, when we get into uh, 
the Michael Keaton movies. I, I liked both of them. I thought Danny DeVito's role as the Penguin. I mean, I don't see that role being portrayed any other way now because I just then they just find somebody to play Penguin. I like Keaton's the two movies he was involved with, um, George Clooney and Val Kilmer. I, I was I can't say I wasn't entertained because movies just entertain me. Um, but as far as getting you giving you what you need out of a comic book storyline. It was horrible. Go ahead. You were saying you like Batman and Robin the best. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was wonderful. <laughs> so Chris O'Donnell that played Batman. <laughs> I, I did like in that movie, I did like the, the, uh, the Dick Grayson they gave us, like the storyline of the, the, the family, the, the Grayson family mm-hmm. and how they died. And I thought that was pulled from the comics, but very little else. Yeah. Was was really genuine. I'll give you that. The way they portrayed Robin was okay. The rest of it was complete and total trash. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and, and for fans who were looking for like that that next step, it was just it was horrible. Yeah. It was really bad. So when they come forward, like I remember uh, when Christian Bale first took up Batman Begins, I saw it twice. I saw it once uh, with with my wife, but then I went away to training, and I'm stuck up in Sykesville for you know like four nights. And like, what do you want to do? Well, let's go into Westminster and catch a movie. And we yeah. went and we caught that again. It's a great movie. I mean, really kind of – that movie kind of started us in the modern comic book world, really, of, of the cinema we have now. I mean, I think I, I think that may have come out before Iron Man or maybe the same summer. Iron Man came out in May. Batman came out in July. Yeah. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah, right. Yeah. But Batman Begins came out well. Yeah. Before, yeah. Came out yeah. before that. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, you – that was your first taste of they've they've finally given us a genuine Batman. comic movie that is that is real to the time, and that's what I liked about it. They were, they were able to put like a a modern spin on it that they were able to do with modern man with, with Iron Man and the other movies that kind of followed that same idea. It felt like Batman could have been in our time, but yes. it wasn't like X Men. Right, where it's right. Like, they were like, oh, let's make X-Men modern by putting them in like leather gonna, jumpsuits. I'm going <laughs> to give you one caveat. I actually watched the Justice League again today. Okay. And there was something in there. You, you With kinda, Ben Affleck. Yeah. That movie. Okay. There's something there you made me think of when you said what you said. That Ben Affleck's character in in that – I said Affleck. <laughs> Affleck. <laughs> I was, yeah, was, was going to comment on that. And you need me to <laughs> caught myself on that one. But – he was kind of like the same deal until he in that movie until they figured out there might be a way to bring Superman back. He was kind of like this is how it ends. Mm-hmm. Like this, I'm okay with dying as long as I'm just going to take as many with me as I can while I'm alive. And that that was kind of like the that's the mindset he had. Did he portray it well? No, but right. he's just so like that. I think what symbolizes that movie and how dumb it was was that opening scene. Where he captures the the criminal, right? Yes. And the criminal's like tied up and he beats down the little uh, dark side minion, right? Guy's beat up. The guy's still tied up and he's like, he asks Batman a question. And he's like, I don't know. And then he jumps off. And I'm like, what? I was like, oh, that's so – like Batman wouldn't have an everyday conversation right. with a bird. What is Well, I thought that was – actually, he's not tied up there. I was watching that today, and I found that very interesting. That was he tied – he wasn't tied No, up. he was – because he was asking Batman, yeah. what what the heck was that? Yeah. And uh, Batman I, was like, well, I don't know, but it's 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 coming. And, he's, <laughs> and the guy was like, is it because he's gone, Superman? Oh, that's the worst yeah. line. Yeah. So there's that, so there's yeah. that, whole, there's that whole dialogue. Oh. And Batman then leaves the roof. He left the criminal uncaptured, 
I mean, normally right. he'd at least be hung upside down and stuck so, on something, and the police will come and get uh, him. But it's like ah, I got bigger things to worry about, and I'm not a crime fighter anymore. Let's let's go do our thing. So I remember crazy. when I remember when I first watched that. Like after that scene, I expected to hear the voiceover. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, you know, because <laughs> it was just like it was. It was incredibly cheesy. But then, uh, like there were parts in that movie where I started to feel hope, and um. You know, don't, don't tease us. No, it was like the one, like the coolest scene he had in that entire movie is right after he gets, well, the entire Justice League gets their butt handed to him by Superman. You know, there were some cool scenes, like when the Flash is running at him and he yeah. suddenly turns and the Flash is kind of like, yeah. yeah, you know. But um, when Wonder Woman's helping him get out of his armor and all, and she's like, what? What did she say? She's like, you can't keep doing this, and he's like, I can't do this now. Mm. It reminded me of kind of like a Dark Knight type of scene where, you know, there's plenty of scenes and the Dark Knight Returns, um, the comic, which we'll get to in a little bit. But there's plenty of scenes in there where he's like broken down old man talking yeah. to himself or Alfred's like, you know, he's like, well, someone there was a telemarketer that called and they're in the market for broken, crippled old men you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it just reminded me of that. And I was like, if they had done more portrayed him like that. Like a total and absolute badass in the suit, not having an everyday conversation yeah. with the bad guy, but total just invincible in the suit. And then when you see him later and he's all broken down because he yeah. can't handle it, that would have been such an awesome portrayal. But they tried to mix too much of like the Adam West into it, that whole Playboy mentality. Yeah. And yeah, it just didn't it just didn't work. I would have preferred him. I would have preferred him to stay dark like yeah. he was in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Um, and Superman to be lighter yeah. than he was in that movie. So, but we, that brings us to, I had one last thing on my list and that was the Batman beyond series. Mm-hmm. And I liked, we had a, I don't know that we had a broken Batman. We had a Batman that couldn't do yep. what he wanted to do anymore. So he had to find not just a protege. He had to find the next person that was going to continue the legacy. Yeah. He's too old. Yeah, and, it, and Bane had broke his back, and he was in yeah. a wheelchair, and mm-hmm. all that was going on. And I, that was a great character of, of a humanized Bruce Wayne who could not be Batman anymore, but could almost take the Alfred role. Yeah, and but the mission was still. Yeah, that's what I love. I think I mentioned this. Like, there, there's an idea within like following Jesus. Like, we have a mission. We're given something, and we're not done until we're accomplished. Well, when's mm-hmm. it accomplished? Well, not until the king returns. Right. And there's this scene in The Batman in like the 2005 series where they do an episode where it's like he's older, Nightwing's come, yep. Two-Face. Have you, or not Two-Face, but Mr. Freeze. Have you yeah. seen this one? Yeah, and it's it, it was such a great series. Yeah, it's and Nightwing's like, Nightwing's like, um, when are you going to be done? Like, when are you going to hand over the mantle? And Batman, who's like broken, bruised, barely holding up, he's like, when the mission's over. And then he like... Yeah. you know, glides away and Nightwing says, well, the mission's never going to be over, you right. know? And that's kind of like here you see in Batman beyond Bruce Wayne. He's like, I think he's like 80 or 90 in the TV show at that point. Right. Mission isn't done. You know, yeah, I, keep, I keep waiting for DC to be like, man, what a great way to stop taking hits on us screwing up Batman. Let's do Batman beyond. Let's put cool. Batman in a wheelchair and let's bring a young, you know, new young Batman beyond into this. And instead of Bruce Wayne, let's tell a different story. Right. Same mission, same ideas, but you no longer have this, this, like you said, the constant playboy. 
Well, aren't they doing something uh, with like Crisis on it, like the Flash Arrow? Isn't there going to yeah, be an older Batman? I don't think. I don't know. Kevin Conroy. I know they're right? uh, possibly, and I know they just announced today, which is kind of cool. All uh, Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent in Smallville, Smallville is going to be part of that now too. Really? Yeah. Because well, Lex is going to be the bad guy, right? Yeah. So they're pulling out all the stops for this final crisis. Yeah. What do, do they, it? What do they call the? Cool. They're calling this like it's not a multiverse. On it. It's a they're calling this crisis on infinite earth. Yeah, infinite earth. Yeah, it's um and it goes back to the story. Um, you know, there's a lot of parallels that we've talked about that are being paralleled in the current Batman run by Tom King, and I, I keep wanting to talk about that, but we're going to save that for a later date because yeah. a I really want to talk about Tom King's run when it completes. Yeah. I want to do a whole. Uh, just discussion on it and we have some kind of exciting things coming up on that realm that we'll get to i do have day. one one more favorite story and sure. that is from kings he's got like that one issue where uh it's batman and wonder woman mm-hmm. and it's like they go to like purgatory am i right yeah and uh there's all these monsters but the monsters are created out of people's sin so every time somebody sins there's a monster created and they're trying to rush this like dimensional gate onto earth. And there's yeah. some hero that's been battling for centuries. Right. Yeah. And Batman and wonder woman give him a day off. But the reality is an hour, uh, on, on our time is like 10 years there. Right. So Batman and wonder woman spend like 50 years together battling the monsters of purgatory. It was leading up to Batman 50. Yeah. 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 And that was just such a good story. Yeah. Cause you see this like, there's a lot of parallels to that. Well, yeah. yeah. There's the theological, but there's also Batman's committed himself right. to Catwoman. We He's could probably that bow. we could probably do a whole episode on the symbolism and just the, that those few issues. Oh yeah, known. yeah. Um, so unfortunately, we don't have time for that tonight. Another episode. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned. Keep coming back. Um, tell all your friends about us. But no, my uh, my top five: um, Dark Knight Returns. I mean, I, I think like anyone who's a Batman comic fan has that on their list. And I, I can relate to it now more that I'm getting old and broken than when I first read it. Because, um, you know, there are plenty of times where I'm doing stuff that's well beyond my aged body's means. And I, I hear my health, I hear myself saying in my head, stupid old man. And stuff like that. So I can relate to that part so much better. Um, second one, we've touched on it. Uh, Night's End and Nightfall. Like you, um, I, I well, not like you, but sort of like you, um, I've had some spinal injuries in the past. So whenever they come back to haunt me, I go back and I reread mm. pretty much that entire run because it's so inspiring because he gets his back broken. Now, hey, his gets fixed a little bit <laughs> too easy. Um, obviously not realistic, but still, it's, it's a good story to read because it shows like it's a it's a story where your hero gets beaten down. That's why when there's so many detractors to the Batman story where he's not invincible and he gets beat down like the current one, you know, there's been a lot of people that are like, not my Batman. Well, if you go back and look, there's all (laughs) kinds of Batman stories where Batman and the best ones are where he got, he gets his butt handed to him. Dark Knight returns. The, I mean, he gets trashed in that book multiple times. I mean, seems like that in almost every episode of the animated series. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the mutant leader comes close to killing him. Yeah. Um, Night's in, Bane breaks his back. Yeah. And Bane was written 
the best then and the current run of Bane, it's like I'm finally like that's how Bane was supposed to be. Mm. That's how they wrote him. Ever after that, he kind of became a thug, yeah, right? or it took a weird turn some places, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, so, uh, Batman Year One, Frank Miller's portrayal of him, like you know, his first run as Batman again, another one. I mean, he pretty much the entire series gets his butt handed to him yeah. and it comes back at the end. The coolest scene in that whole entire thing is when all the uh, crime families are eating dinner. Yeah. And he's like, you have feasted on... Gotham. Yeah, got And he just like, suddenly, he just puts the light out. Yeah. And you're just like, how many people would have peed their pants in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, animated-wise, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. Mask of the Phantasm is uh, awesome. You know that one? I don't think so. Help me here. Yeah, 94 animated Joker. There's like this uh, floating like it was taken from it was kind of inspired by Batman Year Two, which wasn't as fa- uh, which as wasn't as much of a fair, but it had a character named the Reaper who was a uh, vigilante prior to Batman mm-hmm. and he killed people. I mean, he had these two sides that he would cut them down with. Fanta- Phantasm was kind of along the same lines. And um, it was a character really? that had a side. Okay, Jeff is symbolizing that he has never seen this. So Jeff is now also fired. Him and Tim will go to... <laughs> We're going to have a watch party. Um, him and, okay. him and Tim will now party. go to the Pulp Crybabies <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but no, I uh, no, we're going to have to do a viewing of um, Mask of the Phantasm now for Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, so that was uh, that's my third one. And that's the first time blood appears. Yep. Remember, he's got the... Yep. He looks down. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, Batman bleeds. Yeah. <laughs> and the Phantasm was just such a cool foil because it was – well, Joker is in there, core, of yeah. course, as well. But the Phantasm is this other vigilante that's killing the criminals. And it's like – so you're kind of like – Should we spoiler alert for him or no? Nah, no, let's not spoil it for okay. him. So um, they're, they're dragons. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hobbits. Jeff and I have a long history. There was a movie I went to see with someone else, and Jeff was like, don't spoil it. And we called him on the way coming home from the movie, and we're like, Jeff, it was great until the dragon showed up at the end. And I think you honestly believe that there are dragons in that film until you went to go see it. <laughs> so, so whenever I talk about a movie that Jeff hasn't, says, hasn't seen yet, I'm like, I'm like, man, the dragons are great. I mean, it, it could be like sense and sensibility. And I'm like, and when the dragons show up. <laughs> so that was four. So five, I'm going to cheat because it's a three-way tie and I can't decide between the three of them. Okay. And it's mainly primarily because of one's just an incredible long going story. The other two are because of there are some such cool moments in it. Um, so one would be Grant Morrison's um, New World Order, the first five issues of JLA. Okay. And um, it, that was, and that just kind of plays upon the invincibility Batman thing. The coolest scene in that whole entire um, run, and I don't care if it spoils it for people. People should have read it by now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's only what twenty years old, but um, it's uh, you know they're being attacked by Martians, and everyone's running around, and you know basically the JLA each can handle like one Martian at a time or Green Lantern and Flash have to double team one to beat them and Batman comes running up dragging five of them and and they're like wow Batman only five and um, I'll let you if those of you who haven't read it the way he beats them is 
just a cool moment. It's yeah. really cool. There's some knuckle cracking and a beat down. So it's kind of really interesting. You remind me of, um, there's that, there's a Batman Superman comic with Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Supergirl's landed on earth. They did a movie of it. Right. But in the, uh, in the book, dark sides, like clone doomsday, and they're not as powerful as the other doomsday. So right. Superman, and wonder woman are getting ready. Batman just gets an ax and he's like, let's do this, you know? And he just starts chopping up doomsdays left and right. <laughs> right. And you're like, yeah, this guy's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, second one um, was I love some of the moments in the last, the second to last installment of Scott Snyder's first run in the new 52 Batman. Mm-hmm. Bloom is the trade paperback title. Um, and it's uh, where, again, you should have read it by now, but uh, it's where Jim Gordon takes over as Batman for a while. And, um, you know, Gordon's losing. Batman's been gone. I won't ruin the reason as to why. I'll let some mystery come. And he get, he's able to come back. And um, Jim's beat down. And he's sitting there. And all of a sudden, like, these bat darts come flying out of nowhere. And Jim's like, oh, and he looks over and Batman comes up out, you know, he's standing on the bat signal and all. And all he's all he does is he looks at Jim Gordon and he's like, who died and made you Batman, Jim? <laughs> and it's like it's like the, like it's probably one of the best, funniest lines yeah. ever. And just the it was just the moment the way Capullo draws it. Yeah. I mean, just the entire thing was just like and then you read what he says and you're like. Dude, that's probably one of the coolest Batman moments I've ever read. And the last one is Scott not Scott Snyder's first Batman story he ever wrote, um, right prior to the New Fifty Two, and that's Black Mirror, where Dick Grayson is still Batman, and it's a great kind of whole mystery. Well, I'm really glad that I'm here with the Batman experts because the truth is that when I look back in my life and when I was collecting comics and watching television show, I'm the old man of the group here. And so I remember Batman as being this brilliant detective. I remember kind of funny. I remember the early 70s Saturday morning cartoon type of versions of Batman. And, you know, I come back after a long hiatus from reading the comic books. Of course, the movies got me back into it. But reading the comic books, (laughs) Gary, are you okay? (laughs) And what's happened is Batman has gone from this kind of comic. Uh, character who who's kind of funny and even his villains are kind of humorous to the Dark Knight. He's it's a totally changed Gotham. It's a totally different universe as far as I was concerned. And I saw that first pickup, of course, in the Dark Knight movie. And that's where I really saw, wow, you know, or even before that, uh, Batman Begins, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so that was just a whole different look at who Batman was. And I loved it. fell in love with it, thought it was amazing. So I've been playing catch up really. I've been going back and I've been reading all these old stories and uh, catching up with what happened in the eighties, the nineties, and even the early two thousands. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not on par with you guys when it comes to Batman because I have this huge gap and, and don't get me wrong. I love the old sixties show. I thought Adam West did a great job, but pow, bang. <laughs> and you know, it was, it was hilarious. It was great. You know, and I, I love those, those early kind of Justice League, you know, they, they, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I thought those were fantastic, but you know, going back now and, and reading like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. What an amazing story and what a great thing to see. Now, my problem was at that point, I didn't know 
well, what happened to where he disappeared for that long? Why was he gone for that long? I didn't know the storyline right. that was leading up to it because I had missed all that time. But it was amazing, amazing. Frank Miller just did such a remarkable job of, of depicting this old guy coming back and what he was really going through and the pain. And, um, I thought it was phenomenal. So that's way up there for me. Um, the one that I read right after that, I went back and read The Killing Joe. Oh, Another great one. Oh, my gosh. Alan Moore. Yeah, just fantastic story. Uh, I, I can see why that's an all-time classic. Um, you know, for me and see, I, I kind of cheated everybody. I, I went back and I looked on websites. What are the story arcs of Batman that you just can't miss or you must read? And so I started working my way from top to bottom. So I wanted to get the best first. And really, I think I should have filled in instead and caught up on stories. But, um, so that, that's way up there for me. Um, Definitely, the I would say the whole trilogy. I'm not even going to break it into just the individual movies. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, just three of my favorite superhero films of all time. Uh, Marvel definitely has... Trying not to make noises, and I keep making noises. <laughs> what is it with you, man? You didn't do this when other people were talking. Ding! <laughs> I got a ding. Hold on. What's going on? I'm even sitting here thinking, I'm like, why did I put my arms on the table? I've made so much noise while Jeff's talking. How can I remove them slowly? And it was just like, it's helping me. It's helping me. Um, oh, man. And so, um, year one is definitely on my list. Loved year one. Just thought that was fantastic. Well-written, uh, well-drawn. I Everything about it. It sounded yeah. like you were about to do a comparison to something Marvel had done. I, I, I was just simply going to say that, you know, I thought that kind of like Dustin had said earlier that how can they get any better than this? Yeah. But, it, you know, Marvel's definitely stepped up to the plate. But I thought they those particular movies were phenomenal. Uh, well, one of the sad things about those three movies is – I think that they had a formula and a serious plan moving forward at the very end of the second one. But with Heath Ledger's passing, mm -hmm. that changed everything mm -hmm. because he did a really good job of playing the Joker. And you know, at, the very, at the end scene there with the Joker, the last scene with Batman and Joker is, you know, Heath Ledger saying, I have a feeling you and I are going to be doing this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. like, Man, that's a great line. It I was a great line. Never, and, never realized. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, it's unfortunate that Heath Ledger uh, passed anyway. Yeah. Because um, I, I liked a lot of his work. But the fact that we couldn't get any more of, of the Joker played by Heath Ledger, it's just, I wouldn't say it was a letdown, but it's just so unfortunate because that was going places. Yeah. But I do think that when you get to the, to the last one, um, I think that. Bane is a good, good follow up. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure that he was a standalone villain, in that I think they could have done more to make him more vicious. Well, I, um, I started saying when Dustin was talking about it that to me that the Bane character that they had in that movie didn't match the Bane that I remember from the comics, and I was wondering were they just using this name to create a villain, but they weren't really bringing out the heart of the comics and. Gary, you could probably answer this better than anybody. Was was that supposed to be that you understand a depiction of the Bane that we know who gets all pumped up on the, on the you know the serum, or was was this just a new bad guy? 
Well, Jeff, let's let your old pal Brain answer. Uh, but no, I um, <laughs> I, um <laughs> you have too much time on your hands. I'm just practicing this stuff. <laughs> but um, no, the, it, it was the closest they came in the movies. They they changed obviously some of it instead of Venom, um, get the super steroid making him super strong. Which on top of, in the original story, on top of him being brilliant and mm-hmm. a master strategist. He also had that drug going for him that in a previous story Batman had experimented with um, in his earlier part of his career and had done away with it um, because he didn't like the side effects and what it was doing to him. It was a storyline called Batman Venom in Legends of the Dark Knight. So then um, they brought Bane in and he was not only using it but addicted to it. So they tried to play upon that a little bit with the movie where he needed the drug, but instead they changed the story to where he needed it. It was as a Darth a pain. Vader mask. Well, yeah, it was <laughs> a ventilator or something. Well, it was it gave him pain medicine mm-hmm. um, because when he got attacked in the backstory, they damaged him so bad he needed it to be able to function. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was super strong and invincible, but wore that mask, and you know, it, and so they they got the closest to it. I mean, he they when they first started and he was the villain. It was following Bane pretty well because he was the master strategist. But then they the twist, and he just ended up being a henchman. So that right. was where they kind of lost. Yeah, that's the where it went off the rails for me too. Right. Yeah. So when he when, was when it a, became Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Yeah. Who is who on the strings? So I was coming. Yeah. Who is who has always been a part of the? Um, who's always been a part of Batman's story? I mean, his current Robin is his son with Talia al Ghul. Um, so she's always been part of the story and I, I thought it was cool that they introduced her, but I, I wish that Bane had still been the mastermind yeah. and she was yeah, still no. on it. Cause he, cause that, that's, that's when Bane's written the best to me when he's the mastermind. Cause it, and again, it's like, supposed to be brilliant. well, that's why when you hear some of the people that complain about current stories where they're like, no, Bane would just go beat him up. And it's like, no, when he was originally written. He let everyone else beat the tar out of Batman first, and then he came to, came and finished the job. Well, the, the the revelation of Talia as the as the brains behind the operation, I thought was revealed far too late in the movie for her to be relevant as a villain. Yeah, you know, and then for her to be killed off in such a simple way, I was like, meh. Right, that was a letdown. I think they should have stayed with Bane. Yeah, maybe revealed someone was pulling his strings, but not. Yeah, what quite story are that? Speak. Because uh, I thought that Talia and uh, Bruce had a kid together. They did, um, and that she was one who actually knew his identity, and yeah. so we we missed all that. We went a different right. story they, arc altogether. Well, they um, and it, it's still one of my favorite movies, but they combined a bunch of storylines in the one. They did Nights in and Nightfall. They did No Man's Land. And a little bit of Dark Knight Returns all in one film. You know, they had the older Batman had been tired for years that came out. Gotham was blown up and became a basically, a, you know, a no man's land, just like mm-hmm. the story. And then you had Night's End where Bane comes in and breaks his back. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they also doubled with the Dark Knight's Return. Bane was also kind of the mutant leader who beats him down first. And then he comes back and beats him. And they threw in a little bit of... Uh, Talia al Ghul, A, it was good because it tied it into the first movie with Raish. Right. And then, you know, you had the rest of the story. And then comic debate that's kind of funny is you have some people that say it's Raish and some people that says it's Ross. Bring that up. So, uh, yeah, it, the- it does not matter to me, but yeah. they, um, 
It so, matters to me. Right. So they tied a bunch into that movie. But no, I mean, it was the closest to comic being for me personally. And it was Tom Hardy. I mean, it would t- he just did phenomenal in that role. Minus the, the weird accent thing. But I mean, you know, even I watch it now and I don't even notice that. I'll make a few jokes about right. it every once in a while. I, I but 100% feel like Tom Hardy brought that character to life. Yeah. He absolutely um, Gave us a, a Bane that you could feel for because of his past. Mm-hmm. You understood his mission, and you really didn't have a problem with his mission. And you understood that his desire to be adversarial to, to Batman. Mm-hmm. And then Batman beats him in the end, and I think that scene could have been a little bit better. Yeah. I think what's okay. So here's a question for you two mm-hmm. cinematically, the best Batman fight scene of all the movies out there. Oh, I can't! Ooh. I can't believe it's it's from one of my least favorite. It's from Batman v Superman, where he goes and rescues um, Superman's mom, where he goes and rescues the other Martha. Uh, you know it, that was probably the best choreographed fight scene. It calls back a little bit to Dark Knight Returns, where the guy's like, "I'll kill her! I'll kill her!" and he shoots him and says, "I know," but uh, you know, or I believe you. But it's like, you know, that was that was a great choreographed fight scene. That was a great scene. That was going to be my pick, too. Mm-hmm. I think that that – of all the Batman movies we have, and I thought that – it seems like every time Christian Bale got into a fight scene, the star of the fight scene was probably the music. Right. <laughs> I just felt like the music just got so loud, like, yeah. And they cut so close. They would cut really yes. close into them, and you couldn't see really that much of the fight. But, um, yeah, with the choreo- choreography-wise – that scene was the best. Least favorite Batman, favorite Batman fight scene. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. Now, this close second would be Christian Bale's scene in the parking garage with the dogs. Yes. That was a really good one. That was that was really good. I love how he dropped down from however many floors yep. and landed on the on the van. Yep. Yeah, that was that was pretty phenomenal. But um so So favorite fight scene in the graphic arts. Do you have one? I see, I was building this, Long making it hard for you. It's going to happen now. Yeah, um, I, got, I got it. I got oh, it. Gary's got an answer. Dark Knight Returns, the final fight with the uh, mutant leader. It's, it's not fair because <laughs> it's what I just read. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> there, where he makes them fight knee deep in mud, so they're on even terms. Yes, the younger, faster, stronger guy can't be as fast because they're knee deep in mud, and he just man just. Surgically takes him out. Mm-hmm. It's Batman using his yep. intelligence, which has always been his greatest attribute because right. he's a human. Yep. There's nothing super about him. Well, yeah, peak performance, peak human abilities, but yes, you're right. Well, and it's funny that um, both you and I said Batman year one um, for one of our favorite Batman stories because uh, Frank Miller wrote that and David Mazzuccelli drew it. He was the artist. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to do Daredevil Born Again. Which was just another incredible story. And um, with Daredevil Born Again, though, like, um, I I mean, I have to go back and reread it again. I have to reread it every few years because there's so much religious symbolism throughout the whole entire story. Mm -hmm. Just from the placement of how he's laying in certain chapters in the art. And, I mean, it starts from the entire story, Born Again. So it's kind of really incredible. Um, those those two on those two storylines, man. I still have my Dark Knight Returns and my Batman Year One from when I bought them, probably in middle school. I have the same copies. They are chewed up. 
They look horrible. Um, they're not collector's copies. They're reader's copies. I think I, I know my brother vomited on my Dark Knight Returns <laughs> copy, and there's probably still a few chunks of that on there because mm-hmm. I refuse to throw it away. I clean it up the best, and I'm telling you, those are the two books that I'm going to get Frank Miller to sign if I can ever meet Frank Miller at a convention. No pristine copy of anything. I want him to sign my beat-up copy of Dark Knight Returns and Year One because those books, I they went everywhere with me probably until I discovered girls in high school. No, even, even, even after that, they went everywhere with me. I, I love those books. All right, so, so one more question. Okay. Spanning across all of the graphic novels, you can pick any one you want. Best villain he ever went up against. What's your full favorite? Not best, favorite. I was going to say, I'm glad you defined that because best would always have to be the Joker. Some yes, of those Joker right. stories they, are incredible. They've reinvented but, the Joker just like they've reinvented But Batman favorite so storylines where, where you um, felt like Batman was really put to the test and he really had to bring his A game. There was one, but I can't – I need to think of what the name of the comic was where he went up against Mr. Freeze where it was – it was Kite Man, right? You like Kite Man. <laughs> Kite Man. Yeah, there it is. Um, <laughs> I don't know who Kite Man is. Are you I just, kidding? No. Crazy Quill. No. My favorite is Crazy Quill. The guy with the light up the head. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I've, I've got to write that down. No, I. you joke. Tom King's writing Kite Man in his current run. If you haven't run it yet, read, run it okay. yet. If you haven't read it, you got to read it because it's like – Kite Man. It's all my stuff. Okay. So, do you have an answer for that, Gary? Heart of Ice was the um, the animated that they did on it. Yeah. But I can't remember the comic itself. But I did just find that looking on. The oh, show. Heart of Ice came first. They uh, they went back and wrote a storyline. Heart of Ice was the first time they did where it's his wife, and you find out his wife is yes. Yeah. yeah that 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 um continuity didn't come till after the animated version and the animated version was spectacular phenomenal and that's that was what i was recollecting was was that but also the the storyline that they did but you're right i think it followed it didn't yeah. proceed and it was very very well done yeah and batman the animated you actually series. had a heart for uh, yeah for him. yeah you, know, you really did you, you you suddenly saw how human he really was well, right. that's how i felt when i saw arnold schwarzenegger with the same problem uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a single no. tear freezes on his face. Oh, that was just I think a single, the single tear just <laughs> man, froze on my face after I vomited. Um, but no, I mean, it was a, that, that's one thing I'll give the animated series. It had some just incredible stories um, that, that they did. They adapted the comic from. It's kind of funny. The comics will follow some of this stuff. And uh, Bruce Tim and crew that did the animated series were just phenomenal guys and how they developed so many of those stories. Um, mine is Bane, dude. Bane, especially in is it Nights from any in, particular run. Uh, Night Nightfall. Okay, Nightfall. Bane was just uh, well, Vengeance of Bane through Nightfall, his first introduction. You know that whole, you know where they show that he grew up in a prison from the time he was a baby because of uh, you know his mom be, being a prisoner there and him being born there, and then they kill his mom and he's left to grow up in the prison, and uh, then you know he just decides that you know he wants to go take over gotham and he gets there and he studies batman first he doesn't just jump right in like the other villains he studies him and he sends certain guys at him to test him 
So he, he does it very scientifically and strategically. And then suddenly he cracks open Arkham and sets them all free and just sits back and watches them systematically exhaust this dude. And then when this dude, when Batman thinks he's done, he's gotten everybody and he goes back to his home where he's safe. He takes the mask off and standing in the Batcave is Bane. Just waiting for him. And just like, you know, he just destroyed him. And he, he, he did it right. He studied him, found out who he was, found out all his weaknesses, beat him down to exhaustion with all these other dudes, and he comes in and just finishes the job. So definitely Bane. So all this Batman talk is anticipation of what? Every year they do Batman Day, and um, it is around the time period that we are doing this talk. Um, we won't say before or after because we tend to get these things out sometimes late. So we may say it's coming up, and meanwhile, two weeks later – we release. So um, we're just saying that this is a celebration of Batman Day this year. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope you continue to tune in. We're found on iTunes. We're found, found on Stitcher. We're found Spotify. Spotify. That's the other word I was looking for. And please tune into our social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and come into a theater near you. That last part's not true, but hopefully someday. PulpRevelator.com um, is our current website that tells you the story of how we came to be. And we'll be rehauling the website this fall. That stands alone I give one choice to man the throne Stand good and take shots Give it all I got All I got is this microphone